Good morning. It's great to be in the house of the Lord. He is risen. I never get tired of saying that, so I'm going to be saying it throughout this entire service. So I encourage you to join with me. So for the past 40 days, we've been journeying with Jesus to the cross. We've been spending time reflecting and we're preparing ourselves for what he just did a couple of days ago. We've been blessed and we continue the tradition of getting together with the Salvation Army and having a Monday, Thursday service. And there's a great time of just reflection, reflecting back on the Last Supper, reflecting back on that command that Jesus gave us to love one another as he has loved us. And then Friday, we got a chance to gather together with them and have the brass band play from the Salvation Army. And Pastor Julius helped us and allow us to meditate on that. Yes, Jesus did, in fact, die. That was the, the climax of God's love story, that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die for our sins. But now we arrive on Sunday morning with great excitement and with great joy because Christ has risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Right, we know the story, right? We've read it before. We're able to turn the page after Friday night. We're able to read and to do this responsive reading about how the disciples found the empty tomb and how Mary was the one that was entrusted to share that good news, the most exciting news in all of history, that he has risen. I don't know about you, but I'm not the greatest at lamenting. I'm working on it, but I'm not quite there. I tend to kind of push through the lament of Good Friday and the heaviness that that day brings. I tend to drown out Holy Saturday with songs of expectation because I would rather have the joy and the excitement of Easter instead of the lament and silence of Good Friday and Saturday. As we see Mary and the disciples, they didn't get the luxury that we have. They didn't get to read ahead. They didn't get to turn the page. They could only sit in that silence and that lament. They had no idea what the future was gonna hold for them. The truth for them in that moment was darkness. We're going to be in a different text this morning, not the common Easter text that we would normally hear. This is a text that's going to draw us back, back in many different ways. This morning's text is going to be found in the beginning and the end of the Gospel of John. So if you have your Bibles, would you please join me in John chapter 1. We're going to be in verses 1 through 18. And then I want you to also flip to John chapter 20. And we're going to be looking at verses 19 to 23 right after the first reading. So once you've found your places, would you please stand with me for the reading of the word of our God? We're going to be in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. In the beginning was the word... And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that had been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, 
and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that, was, that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen the glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, who who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Now jumping to John 20, 19 to 23. On the evening of the first day of the week, when disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. The word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for gathering us together on this important day, Lord. The day of your son's resurrection, Lord. Father, we are so grateful to be able to sing this song to be able to sing this celebration of the risen Lord. But allow us to take some time to reflect back into this text, Lord. Open our hearts, open our ears to what your call us to this morning. We ask this in your precious and holy name. Amen. You may be seated. So John is doing a couple of things this morning. He's doing a couple of things in the first chapter. He's taking us back, back to the beginning back to creation. He talks about the word of God. He talks about this light and darkness. I don't know about you, but who was afraid of the dark as a kid? Show of hands. Who was afraid of the dark as a kid? Who's still afraid of the dark? It's okay. I won't judge. There's times where I'm still afraid of the dark as well. My son Abraham is afraid of the dark. I know this because anywhere that he has to go in the house, he flips on every light in order to get there. So if he has to go to the kitchen, he flips on the hallway light, flips on the other hallway light, flips on the kitchen light. And so I know that he has been up out of the bed during the middle of the night because his room's lights on, the hallway lights on, and the bathroom light is on. He's afraid of the dark. 
And I was thinking, like, why is he afraid of the dark? Why are we afraid of the dark as a kid? And I think it has to do with fear of what may be in that darkness, the fear of the unknown. And we see here um, in the text that that darkness is there. And I can, I can think, and I can probably speak for a lot of us to say that we know about darkness, right? And I'm not talking about the darkness when we turn off the lights and it's pitch black. I'm talking about the darknesses that we have faced in life in general, the experiences in life that we've had. We know darkness. And that darkness has been on full display over the past two years and beyond. Many of us have seen up close and personal this darkness. This tiny virus has turned our world upside down. We watch as the COVID cases kind of fluctuate up and down, and we're still trying to figure out, and we're still kind of divided on where we kind of fall on COVID and these mandates and these policies. Some of us have probably heard, oh, it's just mild cases. It's no big deal. They'll recover. Some cases are a little more severe. They get hospitalized, and it's like, it's going to happen. We'll just pray that they kind of recover quickly. And then unfortunately, we've had some deaths. And that should be a bigger deal than it is. And so we see this fluctuation. We see this darkness. And I've kind of observed over the, the past couple years as the pandemic has fluctuated up and down, the number of ways that the darkness of selfishness has kind of rose to the surface. I've watched and maybe kind of became a little bit people who kind of look out for their own best interest over the best interest of our neighbor, over the best interest of others. We know that darkness. And it isn't just the darkness of the pandemic that's kind of rose to the surface, but I've noticed that there's been this darkness of racism that's been showing its ugly head kind of more fully over the past two years and even before that. This darkness and racism that is so deeply embedded into our society that many of us were alarmed to realize it for the first time for what it truly was. We kind of watched the darkness of people unwilling to hear, unwilling to see, unwilling to be freed from that racism. Some of us watch darkness rise up in ourselves. And this just adds to the the myriad of darknesses that we are already facing in life over these past couple years the darkness of job loss, the darkness of illnesses, the darkness of losing loved ones, of poverty, despair, depression, and the list can go on and on. We could be here all afternoon just sharing the darknesses that we have faced over these past couple of years. We are a people who know darkness. We read about the disciples after the death of Jesus, hiding away in a dark room, afraid. They were living in darkness. They were living in fear. Their friend, the supposed Messiah, had just been killed, and they witnessed it firsthand. So fear is starting to creep in, and questions are starting to float around their mind. What if they come after us next? They knew that we were his disciples. Will we die the same death that Jesus did? The Roman government sees the disciples as these insurrectionists. The religious leaders see them as these blasphemers, saying that this was the true Messiah. 
In the disciples' mind, they were next in line to be killed for following this fake Messiah. On top of already living in a difficult world already, the Roman government ruled with an iron fist. The infant survival rate back then was really low. The smallest infection could have been life-threatening for them. Simple survival during that time took a lot of time, took a lot of work, took a lot of energy. Everything felt like darkness to them. They had lost their hope. They had lost their light. They had lost Jesus. They thought Jesus was going to be the one who was going to save them from the trials of their world. They thought he was going to be the one that was going to ride in on this mighty war horse and overthrow the Roman government and reestablish the Israelite kingdom to where it rightfully belonged on the throne. But instead, what they got was watching him suffer a shameful, a criminal's death on the cross. There was no peace. There was no hope, no joy, no light, only darkness. And so jumping back to our first text of the morning in John chapter 1, John takes his readers back, back to the beginning, back to creation. He says, in the beginning, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We, like good Jewish people, would immediately flash back to Genesis chapter 1, where it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We know that with just mere words, God spoke creation into being. He created the heavens and the earth. He created the light. He created the land, the seas, the animals, humanity itself. God created everything. And John is telling us that Jesus was there and that he participated in that same creation. It says, and this word was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that had been made. We kind of know through our own study, through our countless sermons that have been preached, through Bible studies, through devotion, that the word that John is talking about here, that's Jesus. And if you didn't know that, you learned something new today. It says, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. God was there. The Holy Spirit was there. And Jesus was there in creation. The Trinity, three in one. We profess that this morning, this idea of the Holy Trinity. I won't go too far into what that means because we'll be here all day. And we already have a long service as it is. But it's important to understand that because if we don't grasp the fact that Jesus is God, then the magnitude of the incarnation is severely reduced. Jesus is the word of God and he helps speak life into this world. But Jesus isn't just the word. He is also the light. It says, he was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life that was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. I love that. The light shines in the darkness, 
and the darkness did not overcome it. Do y'all know the definition of darkness? It's pretty simple. The definition of darkness is the partial or total absence of light. That's all darkness is, nothing more, just the absence of light. In John chapter 8, Jesus is speaking to the crowd and to these religious leaders in the temple, and he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Darkness hung over the disciples' heads until Jesus entered their midst. Behind locked doors, in a dark room, light burst through. Jesus showed up and brought peace. Jesus came and stood in the middle of there and proclaimed, peace be with you, he said. Light shone through the darkness and the darkness was dispelled. Jesus, the light of the world, the word of God, stepped out of the heavenly realm, clothed himself in flesh, and came to be with his creation. It says in verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. It matters that Jesus put on flesh because it, it helped them know exactly what it meant to be human. All the complex emotions that we have, all the experiences that we've been through, Jesus fully understood what it meant to be human. But it also gave us a glimpse into God's mind that God wanted to be with his creation. God didn't wait for his creation to come to him. God went straight to his creation. He did not wait. God went into humanity in the incarnation. And so just like God didn't wait to be with his people, Jesus didn't wait to be with his disciples. Jesus didn't wait for them to get through this this fear and this questioning that they were living in. He went directly to them. He found them exactly where they were, in the midst of their fear, in the midst of their questioning. Behind a locked door, Jesus showed up. He brought light that dispels the darkness. In the darkness of fear, in the darkness of sin, in the darkness of death, Jesus showed up. Amen? We are people who know darkness. We look out into our life, we look out into our world, and that's all we see is darkness. The darkness of poverty. And we think, how can one person, how can I help fix such a big problem? We look out and we see the darkness of death and illness. And we think, why? Why is this happening? Why are all of our loved ones dying? We look out and see that darkness of racism and we watch people crying out in pain and anger of how the sin has impacted them in their communities. The darkness of despair. And we think, how can we help people who are battling with this darkness in their life? There are many, many more that impact our own homes, our own neighborhoods, and our own communities. We are often locked in places of fear and weighed down with our own grief, our own pain, and with our own sorrow. But, and I want you to hear this church, but praise be to God that the light has come to the world. Jesus, the Messiah, has conquered the grave. He has conquered death itself. He is risen. risen Come on, church, he is risen. 
Amen. No longer do we have to live in this world of crushing darkness anymore. No longer do we have to live in a world of sin anymore. The light has eradicated that darkness. We have hope this morning. Brighter days are ahead because Jesus is risen. He declared peace over his disciples, and he declares that same kind of peace over us in the midst of our own darkness. Whatever darkness we are facing, Jesus is there with us. There's nothing that we face that we face alone. Jesus' declaration of peace is a way to bring light into that darkness. Jesus brings shalom into our life again. We may be people who know darkness, but we are also people of the light. We are people of the resurrected Messiah. We've been called out into a world that is in desperate need of the light of Christ. John tells us in chapter 20 that Jesus commissioned disciples to go out into the world and to drive out that darkness. Jesus brought peace to the disciples' dark and fearful life. And we are to do the same for those that are around us. As those who have encountered the light of Christ, the peace of Christ, we are to go and to be peacemakers in our world. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are called children of God. We are God's children. We are to be peacemakers in our communities and in our world. We need to start asking these questions. Where in our world does peace need to be had? What are the ways that we could be active peacemakers in our communities, in our neighborhoods? What places of our world need light? The resurrection has freed us from the power of sin and death. It has freed us from the darkness and empowers us to live in that peace. This is good news this morning, church. We are the children of God and it's good news for the world who's in desperate need of that light. I'm going to call our worship team back on stage. And uh, I know this wasn't the typical Easter text, um, but it was one that has been on my heart for the past couple years. There is light in the midst of our own darkness. There is light in the midst of the darkness of our light, and his name is Jesus. There is peace for us where we are, no matter the darkness, because Jesus has left the throne of heaven in humility and put on the flesh of humanity. He suffered and died on the cross and descended into hell, and he descended and joined in all the hells that we have ever faced in life. And praise be to God that he rose again, conquering the power of death and sin, conquering the darkness. There is light for the world Jesus came into the midst of that darkness to be the light and to dispel that darkness. This is good news for us. This is good news for the world. This is good news for a world that knows darkness and we get to join and be in God's hands and feet. We get to join together and share in the work of bringing that light into the world. We get to look darkness of our world in its face and drive it out with love with grace, and with light. Why? Because Jesus is alive. Because we have hope, and his name is Jesus. He is our living hope.
Now, as we go into the dark world that is in desperate need of light, may we be that light that disperses the darkness because darkness has been defeated. Jesus has risen. He has risen indeed. Walk in that light this morning. You are dismissed.